Welcome to the Film Geek Collective. I'm George, a.k.a. Spike Green, your host. Shoutouts will be done at the end. This is a clean episode, and today we're going to talk about The Simpsons and its impact and uh, what's good and what's bad about it. Just briefly, you know? I'm going to make this a more brief episode, so we're going to get right into it. So, to me, The Simpsons started out as a satirical and heartfelt look at a dysfunctional family at a time where families, with the exception of uh, married with children, were just too perfect. The literal yellow-bellied family wasn't as yellow-bellied as they look. In fact, they're only yellow because Matt Groening, the show's creator, wanted to get viewers' attention as they switched, switched three channels on the dial. The Simpsons rarely takes itself seriously, if at all. But Simpson faces less consequences than Ferris Bueller. Chief Wiggum is an incompetent head of police. Snake is the criminal who keeps getting away. And robbing Apu, the convenience store manager. Lisa Simpson's intelligence is undermined by quite a few people until it isn't. And then we have the very, very real factor of knowing everyone in the small town as if we were part of it. Which we have been for 30 years now. And also, there's some truth in the satire. Authorities sometimes make dumb decisions, things don't always work out the way you want them to, such as how The Simpsons isn't as good as it used to be, relying too much on punchlines to the funny bone, rather than interjecting punches to the gut. In its early years, it's balanced comedy and drama with ease, as well as covering many social issues of the day. Fewer references in the early years became dated, whereas now they're late to a trend. For example, Pokemon with the Pokey and the Mon... Pokemon Go <laughs> isn't as popular as it uh, used to be. And I feel like they were cashing in when they did that, you know? Now, overall, I love this show, okay? I love it. It's a historical landmark of paramount importance to primetime television, adult animation, and popular satire. History has not lessened the punch of any of the early years, okay? So, from about uh, season 1 to season 10... Before I go on with the rest of it, I'd just like to say that uh, 2020's first episode is this episode, which I'm quite proud of. Episode 29, this is. And excuse me for going on a brief tangent, but, you know, I'm glad to have you guys here. I promise I'll do shoutouts at the end. But, yeah. So, anyway, you, uh, you get to know many characters in a way you do on very few shows, even the incidental ones. Let's count. Agnes Skinner, Apu, Barney, Bart, Carl, Chief Wiggum and his son Ralph, Cletus, Comic Book Guy, Dr. Hibbert, Dr. Nick, Fat Tony, Grandpa Simpson, Groundskeeper Willie, Hans Molman, Helen Lovejoy, Homer, Kearney? Is that how you pronounce it? It's one of the bullies. Kent Brockman, Krusty, Lenny, Lisa, Maggie, Marge, Martin Prince, Mayor Quimby, Millhouse, Miss Hoover, Moe, Mr. Burns, Mrs. Krabappel, Ned Flanders, Nelson Muntz, Otto, Patty and Selma, Principal Skinner, Reverend Lovejoy, Rod and Todd, Sideshow Bob, Sideshow Mel, Snake, Superintendent, <clears throat> Superintendent Chalmers, Troy McClure, who uh, was phased out when Phil Hartman died, uh, Waylon Smithers, <clears throat> Smithers, and even squeaky-voiced teenager. That makes about 47, at least. And that's pretty good. How many, how many shows get you to know 47 characters and remember all their names? That's just insane, you know? So, granted, a lot of these characters are taken from stereotypes. Cletus the hillbilly and Ned Flanders being as someone who happens to be at least somewhat religious himself. In my opinion, someone who takes religion way too far. The show's creators poke fun at everybody, no matter who they are. So, at some point or another. But they've run into trouble with Apu Nahasapima Petalon. 
Some people have trouble with an Indian man being voiced by a white actor, Hank Azaria. Let's go through the issue of Apu being a cast with a white actor and his representation. I know there was a documentary about that, but I just want to put my two cents in. So that's going to be like the main focus of this episode. So yeah, let's go. In 2007, Hank Azaria, who voices Apu, talked about a chat between him and the writers when Apu was being created. He stated, right away, they were like, can you do an Indian accent and how offensive can you make it, basically? I was like, it's not tremendously accurate, it's a little, uh, stereotype. And they were like, eh, that's alright. Now, this keeping in mind that Apu was, when The Simpsons premiered, the only character with South Asian heritage who was on mainstream TV in the USA. Six years later, he talked about how the accent would not change and how Apu would not be written out. He did acknowledge he could be offensive, however. And in 2018, he was even willing to step aside from the role because it could be seen as offensive. Furthermore, he called South Asian and Indian writers to come to the writer's room, letting the character go in a better direction. Bit of authenticity you can put in there, you know? Even back in 2007, when 7-Eleven was promoting the Simpsons movie, vocal groups of Indian Americans thought of Apu as a racist caricature, playing on every cliché under the sun. However, many employees at 7-Eleven, including those of Indian descent, liked Apu, but not even everyone there was happy, you know? Nine years later, and we got a documentary called The Problem with Apu, created by blogger Hari Kondabulu. I hope I, I hope I pronounced that right. Um, examining the impact of Apu on Indian culture and the perception of South Asians in general. It ran about 45 minutes. And then in 2018, The Simpsons gave a reaction to this whole ordeal, where Marge reads through her most prized book in childhood, introducing it to Lisa, only to turn out that it has racism permeated through it. This being an example directly from the show that I quote, okay? Marge tries to re-edit it, but Lisa's not having it. Marge asks what she should do, before Lisa replies with, it's hard to say. Something that started decades ago and was applauded and inoffensive is now politically incorrect. What can you do? Lisa then points to a picture with Apu above the text, Don't have a cow, man. The show infers it will be dealt with later, if at any time. Hari Kondabolu, I, again, I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, I'm trying my best, was upset at this response, deeming it dismissive, but Mike Reese, a long-time writer for the show, pointed out Apu hasn't spoken since 2015. Uh, Hari appreciated Hank Azaria's comments mentioned earlier, although it's unsure how he reacted to Mike. So even South Park got in on the action. The the start of The Simpsons are indeed their friends, but they ironically sent Mr. Hanky, a talking piece of crap, to Springfield, a land where, and I quote from South Park, people don't care about bigotry and hate. Then it ends on a title card saying, hashtag cancel The Simpsons, in a similar fashion to an advertising campaign they used calling for their own cancellation. However, they are friends with The Simpsons staff writers, and from their point of view, they didn't want The Simpsons to get rid of Apu. They think people were a bit too sensitive about it. You know, some people think that, you know. But this whole this whole issue, and I'll remain neutral as I try to see both sides of things, but the whole issue adds to the debate of whether or not, and bear with me here, whether or not 
political correctness has become too much or taken over, which series creator Matt Groening responded to this controversy by saying, we love Apu, we're proud of Apu, shutting down rumours that Apu would leave. Now, looking at both sides of this debate, I can understand where people see issue with him. A stereotypical accent that Kumail Nanjiani, a Pakistani-American comedian, was asked asked to put on a similar accent for an audition and got upset about it, which I can understand if it hurts a person of that ethnicity. I can also understand on the other end of the spectrum that everyone's treated as a stereotype on the show. I mean, now that I think of it, I'll state my opinion on the whole matter, which is somewhere in the middle, and please bear with me because I intend nothing but respect and being open-minded. I'm, you can you can change my mind in the Twitter comments, you know? You can discuss these things. So, yeah, for future roles, they should try to find people of the character's, e- character's ethnicity to make it more authentic. However, knowing that Hank Azaria has done a great job with the voice and the, the depictions restrained and even, bear with me again, somewhat respectful. I know it's not entirely because some Indians don't like it, uh, but somewhat respectful considering the other stereotypes. I don't think he should be uh, booted off. Now, here's my view on The Simpsons in general here. With the exception of a few countries, like I'm Australian and, hey, the rep, the, the representation for Bart versus Australia wasn't very good. I just, I kind of laughed at how they depicted us as boorish, boozing idiots. <laughs> so yeah, don't worry. We Australians have uh, been made fun of on the show, but Yeah, we're one of the exceptions. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, where was I? So, with the exception of a few countries, it has actually been okay, if still a little bit iffy, which, how it represents each country, but it's almost never really mean-spirited in my book. Ongoing characters like Apu and Groundskeeper Willie are treated as actual characters. (laughs) Sure, each race or country is caricatured, but it applies to everybody. Let me pose a question out of curiosity. This is, again, I'm keeping a a completely open mind, but I'm questioning the dialogue given to him here and whether you you think it's bad or good or whatever. So if, uh, if Apu had an Indian actor voicing him with the same dialogue, would his dialogue need improving? Because I was thinking, you know, what if the problem's not in the dialogue, but what if the problem's a white actor voicing an Indian? I don't know. I'm tr- Again, I'm trying to see both sides of the issue here. So bear with me, okay? Yeah. So the way it is now, the fact that Hank Azaria offered to step down is great. Even if he did step down, we'd, we'd still have all these other characters. Representation will get better in media. And there's more opportunities for people today to shine. On this podcast alone, I personally have high-functioning autism. And I've had, uh, I've had other people with autism, I think. But, you know, I've also had a transsexual woman on the show. I I like to talk with people from all walks of life. The stories are fascinating. But back to The Simpsons. Ultimately, they should stop being so flippant about the problem with Apu and address it seriously. Now, as for what the rest of the show has to offer, we've got pop culture references and tributes up the wazoo, up, like, galore. 
2001 A Space Odyssey, Citizen Kane, A Clockwork Orange, Gone with the Wind, Goodfellas, The Graduate, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Psycho, Pulp Fiction, Rages of the Lost Ark, Requiem for a Dream, The Silence of the Lambs, The Terminator, Vertigo, The Wizard of Oz, and even one of the first animated short films with sound, parodied by Itchy and Scratchy, the original one was called Steamboat Willie. There's plenty more where that came from, too. You can search them up, in fact. That show, the show's covered everything over its expansive run, authorities, politics, and religion being only three examples. The fact that its animation allows it to ostensibly be a live-action comedy, but the animation, it's, it's great, you know? The animation allows exaggerated sight gags and the fine-tuned details in the background that would be more difficult than live-action. By the way, for more history on adult animation, you can refer back to episode 13 of my podcast. Now, regardless of what you think of the show, The Simpsons has influenced so many people. Family Guy has been accused of ripping off old Simpsons plots, and the general character roles with Homer and Peter, Marge and Lois, Lisa and Meg, Bart and Chris, Maggie and Stewie, and Santa's little helper and Brian. I reckon they're dissimilar in tone because Family Guy goes darker and more crude. I'm actually a fan of boat shows myself. They officially had a crossover in Family Guy Season 13, Episode 1, called The Simpsons Guy, which won't be on Disney Plus anytime soon. It's way more of a Family Guy episode in tone. So yeah, it originally ran 44 minutes and is in in syndication, split into two parts. One time in an early Trias of Horror episode of The Simpsons, Peter Griffin appeared as a clone of Homer Simpson when many Homer clones could be seen. (laughs) Yeah, the shows have taken jabs at each other, but it seems to me as if it's, for the most part, a friendly rivalry. Or, if blood did boil, it's settled now, you know? They're both, like, one of the same studios helps, and 20th Century Fox Television produces both shows for them, or or at least distributes, you know? Yeah... I'm pretty sure the Family Guy team animated The Simpsons Guy, as it's uh, mainly a Family Guy episode with the Family Guy intro, you know? But yeah, I think that The Simpsons, while there could be improving, while there could be more opportunity for representation, uh, yeah, you've heard my thoughts on the matter. But yeah, early in the show, like, it just had this feeling that's missing now. Episodes like when... Uh, when Mr. Burns puts a sign on uh, Homer's dashboard, like when he's working at the uh, nuclear plant, and there's a sign where Mr. Burns puts in the letters to spell, don't forget, you'll be here forever. And then eventually, Homer, like, gets lots of pictures of Maggie, and puts pictures of Maggie over most of the letters, or parts of the letters. So it spells, do it for her, And I think that's one of the sweetest things of any cartoon. I mean, especially if you look at the earlier seasons of The Simpsons, it is just so much better. It's like, it's like Adam Sandler's movies. It's like, if you look earlier, you know, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, they're a lot better than the stuff released today. Adam Sandler and Dramatic Roll. Anyway, I'm getting off topic there. I'm practicing not getting too off topic on here. As I say in the other podcasts, I keep improving and I keep working on things. So yeah, yeah. I uh, hope you learned quite a bit about The Simpsons. Also, yeah, Bart Simpson was considered quite the troublemaker. And, you know, in fact, uh, one politician said, I can't remember who, but he said uh, that families should be more like the Waltons and less like The Simpsons. And I'm, and then, uh, 
you know, they uh, animated something where Bart says, uh, well, we're like the Waltons, we're praying for the end of the Depression too, or something like that. <laughs> you can probably search it up. Now, with the exact inception of The Simpsons, many people think it started 1989 or 1990, when that isn't actually the case, kind of. Bear with me. But originally in 1987, another show produced by Gracie Films and uh, 20th Century Fox Television was the Tracy Ullman show, like a variety show, talk show sort of thing, as far as I can rem- remember. It's more of a yeah, variety show. And they had these cartoons during the commercial... No, sorry, not during... <clears throat> Let me start again. When they came back from commercial breaks, they would air these short cartoons where the Simpsons were very roughly animated, and they looked kind of scary. <laughs> Just compare that to the cleaned-up animation in the show. What you see in the uh, animations for Tracy Ullman were Matt Groening's original drawings just copied to make it easier to animate, you know? But then when they cleaned it up for uh, the television, they made it more so it didn't look as scary or menacing. <laughs> so, yeah. Our first episode we got was uh, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, which did not open with the Simpsons theme. That would not come until the second episode of the show. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to include something just after the shout-outs, but I think I'll do the shout-outs now, okay? Three, two, one. Here we go. Alright, shout-outs to Elsie Cool, Tessie Cat, Mary Amber, Ashy Slashy, That Patrick Guy, Rose Begali, Heavenly Imagine, Autistic in Melbourne, Larry1937-2621, Callie775-53, a.k.a. Saved by His Grace72, Real Sharks Podcast, a.k.a. Rira Shaku, and Marbella Unicorn. Now, I'm going to just uh, briefly just say something else, that thank you for all the time there, all the time you've spent at the podcast. A bonus piece of knowledge is, did you know that originally Matt Groening was going to make his comic strip Life in Hell a cartoon instead of The Simpsons? That's because uh, they actually rejected Life in Hell. It was all about rabbits in just darkly funny situations, and then he had another idea with The Simpsons. So yeah, The Simpsons, he had two ideas, Life in Hell and The Simpsons. The Simpsons became the show. So yeah. I thought I'd give you that last little thing, alright? You're always welcome to film at Geek Collective, and don't you forget it. Peace out! Woo!